In 2014, the New York Times published a story about a pregnant woman living in New York who sued her entire OBGYN physician group, as well as the MFM consultants, stating that they performed a C-section which was unwanted. She claimed that they willfully ignored her informed refusal of that procedure. Yep, the informed refusal of a C-section. It's a real thing, and it's a complex matter with in-depth, complicated ethical implications. So in this podcast, we're going to go over how to manage the informed refusal of a medically indicated C-section, and we'll cover the ACOG stance as well as the American Medical Association Code of Ethics statement on the subject. Obstetrics is the only field in medicine in which decisions made in the care of a person immediately affect the outcome of another. The maternal-fetal relationship is such that maternal and fetal interests may sometimes be divergent, such as a case when a pregnant woman may refuse a diagnostic procedure, medical therapy, or a surgical procedure intended to enhance or preserve fetal well-being. The doctrine of informed refusal may become difficult to adhere to in obstetric practice, but it still must be adhered to, and we'll talk about that in more detail in just a minute. But this is especially true even in situations that makes the physicians and nursing staff very uncomfortable, like in the case where a fetus's life is at risk. One rare yet potentially problematic situation of informed refusal is a case of a pregnant woman who refuses a medically indicated cesarean delivery that would ensure the well-being of her fetus. Now, although some would argue that patient autonomy takes precedence and the woman's informed refusal should be respected, others would argue that beneficence, justice, and doing no harm to the viable fetus should ethically overrule the refusal of a surgery. So we're going to discuss these complex issues in this podcast. Thankfully, this problem is not very pervasive, but there are a small number of women in the U.S. who may choose to refuse a cesarean delivery despite their obstetrician's recommendations. There are many reasons a woman may choose to refute a physician-recommended procedure. Now, these include concern or fear of post-op pain, harm, and death for both mother and the fetus. There could be concern of cost and hospital fees. There also may be the desire to avoid repeat cesarean delivery in the future. And of course, there are cultural and religious implications here, and we'll dive into that in this podcast. There may also be a lack of understanding regarding the gravity of the situation. Language barriers and cultural differences can lead to communication difficulties and prevent complete ascertainment that the patient is fully informed and understands the situation. Now, although physician court orders are an option that can be pursued by obstetricians and other healthcare providers, please understand that there are few cases where this is actually applicable and recommended. It's important to note that the process is very time-consuming and more importantly, it would break patient-physician trust. 
So for all of you listening to the podcast and to the intro who said a patient refuses a C-section and it's medically indicated to protect the child, no problem. We'll just get the courts to intervene. That's not likely to happen in a time-efficient manner. And there are professional society guidelines that say that is definitely not, and I repeat, not the right way to go. And again, we're going to explain this in a lot more detail as we go. Specifically, we're going to get into what professional society guidelines say about requesting a court order for intervention. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. By law, physicians are neither compelled nor required to seek judiciary intervention requiring their pregnant patients to undergo any treatment or change their behavior for the best interests of the fetus. The American Academy of Pediatrics Committee on Bioethics outlines recommendations for physicians who may face circumstances in which maternal and fetal entrants are not the same. This pediatric committee opinion states, in quote, in cases where there is treatment that poses personal risk to the mother and her bodily integrity, a physician should honor a woman's right to refuse treatment. But under the following conditions, a physician might consider actively challenging a woman on her decision. And these include when the fetus will suffer irrevocable harm without treatment or the treatment is clearly indicated and likely to be effective, and when the risk to the woman is low. Now, when a pregnant woman persists in refusing, this Academy of Pediatrics ethical opinion states, quote, the physician should consult with a hospital ethics committee. The courts should be petitioned only as a last resort, end quote. You have to pause here for a minute because remember, this is from the American Academy of Pediatrics Committee on Bioethics, and they do state in that last section that petitioning of the court should be a last resort. In other words, it is an option, but it's the last option. But this is actually a little in contrast to the statement of ACOG that says it's almost never justified. Let's see what ACOG says. The ACOG Committee on the Committee on Ethics also has a policy statement that advises physicians to counsel and educate their patients in the case, quote, in which a mother refuses a diagnostic or surgical procedure and thus endangers her fetus or in which a mother's lifestyle or health practices may endanger her fetus, end quote. Now, ACOG holds that counseling and education are the best strategies for a doctor to convince a woman to accept and abide by his or her medical advice. ACOG also states the following, and this is a direct quotation. 
ACOG condemns the use of coercion on any pregnant woman, as this threatens the physician-patient relationship and violates the interest of the informed consent process. The committee opinion also states, quote, that when faced with a continuing disagreement with a pregnant woman, a physician should turn to an institutional ethics committee. Now, that's the same as the American Academy of Pediatrics and their statement. But ACOG goes on to say that resorting to the legal system is almost never justified. Now, let's move on to the American Medical Association and their statement on bioethics. According to the AMA, they also discourage physicians from seeking court-ordered interventions. The following is a statement from the American Medical Association Code of Ethics on informed refusal regarding C-sections. Physicians should refrain from using the courts to impose personal value judgments on a pregnant woman who refuses medical advice meant to benefit her fetus. However, they say, quote, if an exceptional circumstance could be found in which a medical treatment poses an insignificant or no health risk to the woman, and it entails a minimal invasion of her bodily integrity, and of course, that's where C-section does not qualify, and would clearly prevent substantial and irreversible harm to the fetus, then it might, and that's a key word there, might be appropriate for a physician to seek judicial intervention. So we have covered the statements from the American Academy of Pediatrics, the ACOG, and the American Medical Association. All agree that patient counseling and patient education are the way to go. And rarely, please catch that word, rarely is court or judicial intervention allowed. Now, anytime we talk about informed refusal, we have to make sure that we understand where the patient is coming from because there may be religious or cultural implications that the provider may not be aware of. So another important point to consider is the woman's right to exercise freedom of religion and preserve her cultural values as it relates to cesarean birth. So it's common in many cultural and religious groups for women to refuse a cesarean delivery. For instance, in some Arab cultures, a cesarean delivery may be perceived as a form of bodily mutilation. So it's best to try to discuss these things antepartum and formulate working with the patient a working and reasonable birth plan. Now, although formulating a birthing plan prior to labor may not avoid any forced or unwanted intervention, it will provide time beforehand for the obstetrician to discuss the absolute reasons for cesarean delivery and minimize the extent of the discussion when time is of the essence. Here, it is also important for OBGYNs and any women's healthcare provider to display empathy for the patient's wishes while clearly explaining that there may be changes in any established birth plan that may contradict the patient's wishes. As we are getting ready to wrap up this complex matter, let's review where we stand. Performing a surgery on a woman without her consent could be considered assault and battery. Cesarean delivery is a form of invasive surgery and a forced cesarean procedure bears the additional risk of inducing possible emotional harm and even physical scarring for the patient. Now, although these reasons and arguments are valid, it's also important to consider the malfeasance to the fetus as a result of a pregnant woman refusing a cesarean delivery. So it's complicated, huh?
In addition, the emotional harm and scarring caused by potential regret of an adverse pregnancy outcome that could have been prevented by a medically indicated cesarean could impinge even more overwhelming and emotional trauma on the mother than the invasive surgery itself. So I hope this podcast leaves you with two main takeaways. Number one, this is a terrible situation to be in, and it is wrought with ethical and moral and emotional overlays. Now, not only that, but the second issue is we still have to respect key principles of ethics, chief of which is patient autonomy. So let's wrap this up as we come to the end of this podcast. So here's our concluding thoughts. There are numerous countervailing factors that must be considered when assessing this dilemma. These include the legal due process, the ambiguous legal statue of the fetus based on what state you're in, the value of the mother's bodily integrity and privacy, and the dangerous elasticity in the standards used to justify forced medical interventions. There's also the undesirable and possibly insidious consequences of intervention and unfair treatment of pregnant women that can have real ethical and legal consequences. Through a combination of enhanced patient education, efforts to obtain the patient perspective, and an attempt to mediate and resolve conflict, an OBGYN and any other women's health care provider should work in union with the patient to persuade a pregnant woman to accept a medically indicated cesarean birth, especially if the risk of morbidity or mortality to the fetus is high. The biggest step is perhaps taking the time to understand the rationale and motivation behind the patient's refusal. Also remember that you're not in this alone. Make sure to find and recruit the help of nursing staff, other medical management individuals, and the hospital ethics committee. Without a doubt, court orders should be sought only as a last resort, and those last resorts are few and far between. This could replace trust and confidence in a patient-provider relationship and opens up a variety of different legal implications. There are very few exceptional cases in which this legal intervention may be appropriate. Remember, the ultimate goal is to maintain patient trust and find the best way to achieve an outcome that encompasses both maternal autonomy and fetal well-being. Thanks for being a part of Clinical Pearls and thank you for helping us walk through this difficult management dilemma of informed refusal of the medically indicated C-section. We'll see you next time on our next episode. 